The Lord be with you. Well, a blessed reformation to all of you. Um, the rumors are flying, so I will tell you that Pastor McKay has accepted the call. Um, I'm stealing Monty's thunder. He'll re- actually read the letter in the next service. We read it at the beginning of the first service. Um, so, yeah, we're waiting and waiting and hopefully soon. I, first of the year, hopefully, maybe even Advent. So we'll see how quickly things move. I was just told by uh, uh, Mark Harris that he's planning on being here Friday to look houses type stuff, so I think. So he's, yeah. Yeah, Mark's been, um, was sealed with silence and been just, (laughs) (laughs) since since about Thursday, I think, when Pastor McKay called him and said, I got to tell you something, you can't tell anybody, and you know. And so I think he locked himself in his bedroom for three days. I don't know. But that's what you'd have to do with me. So, yeah. So pray for the congregation at peace. Um, You know, we've been there now. We've done the call committee thing twice. And, uh, you know, they're they're, as happy as we are, they are probably going to be a little bit uh, saddened this Reformation morning to hear that they're losing a pastor they love that's been there for many years. So, But uh, God will work it for their good as well. And I know that's what he's telling them. So we'll keep that congregation in our prayers as well. <sighs> we have Bibles. How cool is that? Are they for you guys? You must, so you must be the new seniors in high school? No. <laughs> Let's see. Oh my gosh. There's no pictures in these. You guys are going to read these. That's impressive. Oh wait. Found one. All right. Well, that's good though. Pictures are good. Pictures tell lots of stories. You learned lots of stories looking at picture books, didn't you? And you probably know a lot of the stories already in here, but you'll learn them more and learn them better. You will. So... Who is our first person? How about John Keeney? Says your name right there. You're very welcome. Let's see. Claire Catherine Fordyce. That one is yours. Now, you read the whole thing for me by next week. I want a book report. Lucas Dykstra. For you, sir. Very nice. (laughs) Drew Hall. There you go. You're welcome. And, how, how, oh, no, and I'm, how, 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 see, I need to know how, how, there you go. <laughs> nice. So, 
You're welcome, and I'm sure you will cherish those and use them and wear them out by the time you get to confirmation. And they'll get another one. I know. I know. It's wonderful. All right. <laughs> oh. So, October is Pastor Appreciation Month. Uh -oh. And thank you so much for all that you've done recently. We have a nice little poem from the kids that they all signed. So that's from the kids. Should, am I supposed to read this? <laughs> you can if you want. Show of hands, read, don't read. Okay. Dear Pastor... Thank you, Pastor, for all you do for, for your work, your kindness, and your guidance, too. You point to Jesus, you walk the walk. We think you're special, we think you're great, and we will pray for you every day. We truly think that you're the best, and thank you for all that you invest. God bless you, Pastor. Sunday School. Thank you very much. I have a door. Some more of your good preaching, and there's stuff to make s'mores. Ah, okay. I, I talked with Natalie, and she said you like s'mores. I do like s'mores. That's cool. <laughs> so, very nice. That for you. Thank you very much. Thank you. So much. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Well, now that's tough because now I have to come up with something great. Um, <laughs> You know, I thought about this, and, and 500th anniversary of the Reformation last year, and all we did, and everything that was said, and I'm like, what do I do? And what do you do? Um, it, it is interesting, though, to, to look at the Reformation and see how many churches still claim to be reforming. That, that was one of the big problems in Luther's time is that uh, the many churches went on and, and teachers went on and said, well, you know, Luther got a good start, but we need to take this a little further. And so hence you've got Calvinism and you've got uh, Arminianism and others that came out of the Reformation. So they all celebrate the Reformation too. They all claimed it last year. But uh, Luther went just back to the truth. Um, you know, and nowhere else. Um, scripture alone, faith alone, grace alone. Um, and that's kind of what I was trying to point to in my sermon. The, uh, the fact that Luther didn't really want to break from the Roman Catholic Church, he simply wanted to correct its errors. And uh, someone had done that a few hundred years before him, and like I told the Confirmation kids, he was invited to go to a diet of Worms, and he didn't get a chance to eat any. Um, but they simply, he was probably like, okay, here, I'm here to do this. And they said, oh, Jan Hus, very nice, follow us. And I threw the ropes around him and tied him to a pole and uh, burned him at the stake. You know, so, so Luther's uh, knowing of that and how the church viewed those who spoke out against the oral tradition that they had, um, of man's word being equal to God, man's word being the Pope or councils. Um, you know, Luther was a very strong person, um, and probably not of himself, but of strength that was given to him by God 
at that time. Um, you know, man's strength would fail under that miserably. And I think he had already felt that in the conviction of his own sin, and that's what led him, you know, to see that there was no other way but Christ. Um, so, the, um, it's good for us to remember that every day. You know, the Reformation is ongoing in the sense that we remember the teaching of the Reformation, the actual grace alone, faith alone, and uh, Scripture alone, and not add to it. Um, and every day, remember our baptisms and all that we are given freely by Christ, by being given His name. Um, that's what Luther saw, that there was no other way, um, that all of his attempts to uh, save himself as a monk, if he, if he says, if I was, I, I was the monk of monkeries, or the monk, yeah, he was a monk's monk, and, you know, had done all he could. He didn't choose the the simple order to go into. He chose the uh, Augustinian order, which was very, um, I get what's the word I want, very strict in, in what they did and what they taught and how they lived. And um, he was pious in that sense. But what he had been given through the church just wasn't right in the teaching. And we still see that today in churches where they mess up on grace alone, faith alone, and scripture alone, um, wanting to make salvation a work of what we do in some way. Um, so, I guess, uh, yeah, history of the Reformation, you know, I, I kind of went over it with the Confirmation class. Um, you know, Luther was born into a was basically a, a not wealth, not real wealthy family, but his father was a miner and eventually owned his own mines. I think they were copper or something. And uh, he wanted Luther to have a better life than he had, like every parent wants for their children. So he scrounged and sent him to a nice school and wanted him to become a lawyer, um, which meant he would have been very learned and uh, been a, a pillar in society, you might say. Uh, but then Luther gets caught in a thunderstorm and prays to St. Anne. So that tells you still that his, at that point in time, he was a little off the rails. You know, he's praying to saints. It's like, no, we don't do that. Um, but he prayed to St. Anne, and actually God heard his prayer and saved him from that, but he promised to uh, enter a monastery, which he did. And his father was less than pleased uh, and as we jokingly said in a play we read with the Hans Feeney wrote with the kids last Tuesday that, you know, his dad was like, well, there goes my condo in Florida or wherever, you know, and he just, he was hoping that uh, he would have a nice old age, you know, being taken care of by a son who was an attorney and had some money. Um, but his son was going to go to a monastery, you know. How often would he even see him? Um, but Luther made good on his pledge and is there became more and more convinced that he could do nothing to save himself from his sins. Um, so he studied God's word and confessed his sins rigorously to a father confessor um, and to the point of doing it night and day. Um, you know, he would go and confess and 
And, you know, I mean, this is personal confession and absolution he went for. And, and as he's walking away, oh, I thought of something else. And he'd go back and he'd confess. And he'd, okay, go. And he'd walk away. And, no, you know, and he did this just repeatedly. And uh, so his father confessor decided he uh, wanted to sort of maybe get him off his back a little bit and told him he should uh, study and become a priest. And so he did. But as he studied and studied, he just really could find no peace um, until he got to Romans and uh, talking about the righteousness of God that came through faith. And he always thought the righteousness of God was God's righteous wrath against sin. And he could find no peace as to how he could stand before a righteous God as a sinner. And this is the whole story of the Old Testament where the people of Israel, you know, how does, how do an unholy people live with a holy God? And God had given them means and laws to do that. Uh, but Luther finally figured out that, well, the only way for sinful people to be before a holy God is for someone to make intercession, and you can't do it yourself, and it's Christ who has to make that intercession. So he came to realize the uh, imputed grace that came through Christ's suffering that was for all men and realized it was for him. And about that same time, you have the Roman church who sells the uh, uh, bishop, Rick, I think. Anyway, um, money was needed. Uh, money, the mammon, the uh, one root of all evil there. And so uh, they were building St. Peter's. And it's, uh, I told the confirmation class there too. Luther went to Rome and made his pilgrimage there to see the sites and see all the relics and the, mm, enough wood probably to build an ark, much less the cross of Christ. And, um, but what he found in Rome might have looked more like Las Vegas. Um, there was much sin and vice and, and things going on in the church and around the church and uh, left him very dismayed with what was going on there. Um, I took that tangent for a reason. Um, anyway, oh yeah, uh, so what would he have seen at that time? Well, if he had walked into what was to be the Sistine Chapel, he might have seen Michelangelo working on a fresco. You know, that, that was going on at the same time. They were building this in history in that time. And so a large, vast amount of money was needed for that and also fighting wars. So uh, they came up with a great idea of selling forgiveness, selling indulgences so people could get out of purgatory. Um, and... So I think it was Johann Tetzel. He uh, became the great uh, seller of indulgences in Luther's area of the world in Saxony. And Luther was very dismayed when this happened. It wasn't necessarily happening in his area, but his people were going to Illinois to buy lottery tickets because they weren't available in Indiana at the time. And they would come back with their lottery ticket going, I won. My sins are forgiven. I'm going to heaven no matter what because I have a piece of paper. Says so. Signed. You know. And Luther's like, what are you doing? You know, and, and they're selling all they have to get 
their relatives out of purgatory, to get themselves out of purgatory. And this, um, this hit home for me, and I keep telling myself I have to find this piece of paper. But when my own father died in 1978, we got this very beautiful document from a dear friend of his in New York, I think it was, and it was for masses in perpetuity so that my father could be released from purgatory. Hmm. So either they knew he was a real sinner and had a lot to be worked off, um, or it's just what they did. But, I mean, this was still going on. Um, the people, they, you know, that piece of paper didn't come for free, I'm sure. Um, I, I have no idea what it cost. But it's still going on to this day in some way. Um, but Luther saw them being scammed. And um, hence we get to the 95 Theses and, and the many problems he had with the church, um, including the sale of indulgences, um, you know, the saints and everything else that they were praying to for their salvation, but he sought his salvation through Christ. Um, so he was protected by... Uh, Frederick the Wise, Elector of Saxony, and maybe not even so much because Frederick at the time uh, held fast to Luther's teaching. He was probably conflicted. He had, he had a, a, just a veritable museum of his own um, artifacts that were to be venerated and adored. He, you know, he just, they were there. And over time, he began to see them as less and less a source of his salvation, having all these things collected. Um, but he protected Luther um, from the prince, from the pope at the time, and allowed his voice to be heard. Uh, much of that was due to the fact that Wittenberg was where he had the school. And um, Luther was the head of it. And to have that school, to have people coming into his area to learn and to be educated was very important to him. So, you know, that and God's plan served a purpose too um, that maybe was not seen at the time. But Luther was invited to go to his own diet and eat some worms. And um, he was guaranteed safe passage and he went and... Uh, and you know, the, the whole time they, they've been working to, you know, just you got to recant of this. You got to recant of, you know, all these things you've written. And, you know, did, did you write this? And, yeah, I wrote that. Well, you got to recant of that. And they presented him with a whole stack of things that he had written because this stuff had all been published thanks to the printing press and was spreading throughout Europe. And um, you need to recant of all these writings. And, and Luther was like, well, I really can't do that. Why not? Well, because a lot of what I wrote in here you would agree with, and then I would be recanting what you have faith in. But if you show me from Scripture where I'm wrong on these other points, I'll be happy to recant of those things if I've erred in interpreting Scripture. And, of course, they wanted nothing of that because theirs was an oral uh, tradition of the popes and of the councils and it wasn't to be found in Scripture um, that, you know, the Pope was the very mouthpiece of God and 
if he said it, well then I guess that's fine. It doesn't necessarily matter what's in here. Um, so, you know, Luther couldn't go that way. And on a uh, very warm day, I guess it was, you know, he was brought before the diet and asked for another day, and I guess he went back and, you know, prayed about it and, and uh, was really troubled by it and knew it might cause his death and went in the next day and said, no, I can't. You know, here I stand. God help me. And um, you'd think, well, why didn't they grab him then? Well, there, there were probably hundreds, if not thousands, of people outside where he was listening through windows going, what's going on in there? And I think he literally just turned around and walked out. And uh, going back to Wittenberg. Well, he's heading back, and, and uh, he's captured by... I guess we'd call them highwaymen. But they were hired by Frederick to take him and, and give him safe passage back, and they took him to Wartburg Castle, uh, where he sat for nearly a year, I think. He, he translated the Bible into German at that point in time, which gave the people the Word of God. Everything they had heard in church was in Latin. Uh, they did not understand what was being said that many of them probably wouldn't have understood it if it was in one form of German or another because the German language was not unified. Germany as we know it was not Germany. It was a bunch of small kingdoms and, and things. And uh, so they didn't have a unified language or even a country. They, but the printing of the Bible not only gave God's word, it gave them language to let this spread. Um, and... So that he did do the church, the service in German. This was service today. is the old German mass that Luther wrote um, so that the people could hear the word of God. They could hear the sacraments being consecrated in their own language and realize it's not the priest up there with his back turned doing hocus pocus, whatever, and, and truly sacrificing Christ's body again, which is what they believe, that it was, it was Christ um, come down from heaven by his own word and his own testament to give his body and blood to the people in both kinds. They, they had only received the host. They did not receive the chalice. The chalice was reserved for the priest. Um, for what good reason? And the only thing I ever heard on it was that they were afraid that the common people would just spill it. So they didn't give it to them. Um, okay, you know, accidents happen, I guess. I always tell the confirmation students, you know, when you go to light the candles, there's nothing you're going to do up there that hasn't been done before. And if you knock the candlestick over, it will be embarrassing. But hopefully it doesn't set the linen on fire. And if it does, that's happened before too. Um, so, you know, it's, uh, I mean, I've dropped a host, okay, you pick it up and you consume it and it's done, um, but, you know, I mean, Christ's body and blood is there, um, the, um, and we treat it reverently, and I think we've been through that with the various ways we've done communion in the past year, uh, that there are different ways, and 
it's a continuum. You know, here's here, here's here, very high, middle, we're middle. Um, and that's fine. Um, see, I went down a rabbit hole. <laughs> I should have notes. It would be much better. Um, anyway, Luther goes to Warburg. He translates uh, the, the, uh, the Bible into German. Um, he hears of things going on. He's got his beard, and he's uh, Knight George, and he sort of sneaks away from the Secret Service, I guess, and decides he's going to go see what's going on, and he's not happy. And, they, you know, Frederick really wants him to stay, and he's like, no, i got to go back um, because things were happening, and the Reformation was kind of getting taken in a direction. I mean, you know, he did, I don't know that he ever used word Reformation, but his teaching was going awry. And things that should have been kept, he wasn't just for getting rid of you know, every piece of artwork and every statue and, um, you know, anything that might have been idolized. You know, it, it, things serve in a purpose that we see and we know and we can kind of get a better idea of what, um, what God's Word says. Um, so, he saw value in those things and others didn't. And uh, so he went back and uh, tried to stop that and did for the most part. Um, but he, was, he led a life that was very painful. I mean, he had a good life. He married. He had children. They had a wonderful household. They had many people in their house at any, any given time uh, that came to be taught. Um, it was a lively house. But... At the same time, there was the peasants' revolt, which uh, conflicted him in that, you know, he thought the, the peasants were revolting because they were being treated badly by uh, the lords of, of the regions where they were and the rulers. And so he wanted the rulers to treat them right. He goes, you should treat them, you know, as God treats you. Um, you should provide for them. You should help them. Um, so he, you know, said, told them that. And at the same time, he's telling the peasants, you shouldn't be revolting. You know, God, you're in the position God put you, terrible as it is. At least you have somebody over you holding things in some sort of order. Um, so it really caused, you know, he's looking at both sides of what's going on here, and it was very difficult for him. Um, but uh, he urged the... the uh, kings to put down the peasant revolt and, you know, to take up arms against the people because what they were doing were, was wrong. Um, and many died. And, and, you know, he suffered for that greatly in his own mind, I think, and heart in his writings. Um, but the Reformation did go forward. And the Lutheran church was born out of that. It wasn't his intention to have a church named after him. Um, but it did. And he might look at the Lutheran church now and go, ooh, in some ways, you know, the way the denominations are, that uh, his name's on that or that. Um, and so, you know, you tell somebody you're Lutheran and they could come up with a bunch of different things that you'd be going, yeah, no, 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 that's not us. We're the other Lutherans. Um, but that too is in part because 
people keep reforming. They keep going, well, you know, we need to look at this, and maybe it really says. But, but Luther just wanted to stick with, you know, salvation by grace through faith and the forgiveness of our sins and the true teaching of God's Word versus finding ways to look at the Bible and say, well, yeah, but I'm not sinful there. No, I'm not sinful there either. That's, yeah, that's not what was meant. Um, you know, it, it is God's Word. It's His law. And, and Christ was the only one who was going to keep this. And that's what Luther was focusing on, that it is Christ alone that is our salvation. Um, gosh. I'll stop there. Phil Lehman handed me this. October 31st, Festival of the Reformation. Uh, 31 October A.D. 2018, St. Peter's Evangelical Lutheran Church. Divine service, 7 p.m. Um, there's a few of these around. So if you want to go to a Reformation service on Wednesday night, you know, just put the bowl on the steps. They take what you want. I don't care. I don't want to eat it anyway. I shouldn't. My doctor says no. Um, <clears throat> people do that. Um, but uh, Phil Lehman handed this because he will be playing there, uh, the organ at that service as well. So uh, hear our brother play and uh, give thanks to God for the reformation of the church that allows us to have the free faith we have. Um, maybe we'll have one in the, in the future. Um, what else? Any questions, thoughts? Don't know. Late service, two baptisms, Monty Weimer's grandchildren, Georgia Lee and Mason Michael, I believe. Mason Michael Redmond, Georgia Lee Weimer. So that will be very nice. I, um, I had the elders move the font down to the floor in front of the uh, uh, chancel area, um, not just to be different, but it's of a practical nature because this way I can stand behind it and they can stand on either side and they can hold the child over and I can simply do this and this rather than juggling around and there's more room for people. Um, so I'm not changing stuff, don't worry. <laughs> Don't worry. So, um, yeah, so that'll be a beautiful service. And, uh, and then back in here afterwards for uh, brats and fellowship and all sorts of good stuff. So keep Pastor McKay and his family in your prayers and the congregation at peace in your prayers that uh, God will protect and provide for all those in his kingdom. And with that, any questions? I already asked that. Nope. Close with prayer. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we give thanks for your word rightly proclaimed and the truth of your word that you've given to us. Bless those first graders who've received their Bibles, that they would keep them near, read them and mark them and take the words to heart. We ask that we too would do that and always return to your word, return to your sacraments, remember our baptism and the faith that you have given us through your son, Jesus Christ. Watch over Peace Lutheran Church in Hastings, Nebraska, as today may be somewhat of a 
sorrowful reformation for them, but also they have the promise that you will provide for, in your kingdom for your people and that you will give them the proper servant that they need for this time for your word. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.